Zechariah chapter 9. It's next to the last book of the Old Testament. If you have a Schofield Bible, it's page 973. When you find that, stand please. The book of Zechariah chapter number 9. Zechariah Malachi. Finishing out the Old Testament scriptures, Zechariah chapter number 9. Okay, verse number 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt the fold of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea. And from the river even to the ends of the earth. Let us pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, I bow to thank you for another opportunity to preach. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And for this tremendous privilege, yet what a tremendous uh, responsibility. And Lord, I pray you'd help me to say exactly what I ought to say, and may I have the wisdom of God, the power of God. Lord, bless our time together tonight. Thank you for the glorious future you've planned for us. We pray that you'd uh, just meet the need of every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about the reign of the king tonight. Uh, we see in these two verses... Uh, the two comings of the Lord. We have his first coming as king. In fact, if you study the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're all a little different, and that used to trouble me. I thought, well, why would they be different if the Bible is the inspired word of God, and I believe it is. Uh, but when you understand uh, the theme that they have in mind, then it's easier to, to know why they are different. You have Matthew presenting Jesus as king. And uh, you will find that throughout his, that gospel account. It, it presents that aspect of Jesus. Mark presents him as servant. And uh, you will see that and as you study the book of Mark. Uh, Luke presents him as the son of man and John as the son of God. Uh, and as you study those books, uh, you will understand that. Uh, you know, it's uh, just like a person that, uh, that maybe have a certain profession. For instance, if I could use myself as an illustration, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, and uh, uh, among uh, uh, other side jobs, shade tree carpenter, <laughs> but not very good at that. But anyway, uh, if you were writing about me as a husband, you would, you would write one way. You'd write about me as a pastor, you'd write another way, uh, talking about the same individual, and that's what happens in the gospel accounts. Uh, but we have uh, in verse 9, this is quoted in the New Testament, as Jesus presents himself as the uh, king of the Jews and it was a valid offer of the kingdom. Although the Lord Jesus knew that they would reject him, he knew that, and yet uh, the offer was valid. And uh, he comes, uh, rides on Palm Sunday before 
his crucifixion on Wednesday. By the way, Jesus was crucified on Wednesday, not Friday. And we'll not get into all that, but uh, uh, Jesus offers himself as the king of the Jews. And this is what he's referring to, the prophet Zechariah. Thy king cometh unto thee, uh, riding upon an ass and upon the colt, a colt the, the fold of an ass. You remember the Lord told the disciples to go and, and there would a man meet him at all and he'd say, you know, the master has need of, the, of your animal here and and this was literally fulfilled, and they laid down palm branches and, and cried, Hosanna to the son of David. Uh, but, of course, they ended up nailing to a cross. And in Luke 19, 14, they says, We will not have this man to reign over us. That was, that was the attitude. As Jesus came to offer himself as Israel's king, they basically says, we don't want you. And we don't believe that you're who you claim to be as I preached this morning. We don't believe you're really the Son of God. In John 19, <coughs> verse 14 and 15, as Jesus is before Pilate, he says, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him. Crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king, uh, the chief priest? answered, We have no king but Caesar. And so we have him as a rejected king. And this uh, here is, uh, as verse 9 prophesies of that event, that offer, uh, he was rejected and nailed to a cross. Thank God he was. He came into his own, his own received him not. And they says, We don't want him. But the Gentile says, we'll take him. And thank God you and I heard the gospel and have been able to be saved these 1900 years. That God has uh, blindness in part has happened Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles uh, be come in. And so he's rejected. Few Jews are being saved, but not a lot. Mostly Gentiles are saved. And everybody's not a Jew, is a Gentile. You have actually three classes of people spoken of the Bible, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God. And uh, the uh, person is, uh, if they're part of the church, they may be Jew or Gentile, but they're a part of the church. So we have him as the rejected king. But then we have him as the reigning king in verse 10. He says, uh, uh, his, uh, talks about the battle and, and his dominion shall be from sea, even to sea, and from the river, even to the ends of the earth. Well, the Jews rejected him from reigning over them. But one day, he will not only reign over Israel, but he will reign over the whole earth. And that's the day I'm looking for. And that's the, uh, the event that I'm going to be part of. And uh, I like that uh, song, All Hail the Power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. And uh, that I expect to be there on that coronation day. Revelation talks about it, Revelation 5. But we see him as King of kings and Lord of lords. In Revelation 20 and verse 6 says, We will reign with Christ a thousand years. 
Zechariah 14, 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. Uh, that's going to be the answer to man's problems. Daniel 2, 44, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and it shall stand forever. Well, he's, he's going to reign. Uh, he was a rejected king, but one day he will ascend David's throne, and he will reign from Jerusalem, which will be the center of the earth, and reign over all the earth. And he will rule with a rod of iron. Now the world's not going to hand it over to him. Uh, the kingdoms of this world is not going to voluntarily turn power over to him. Anymore, we, we, if you want to know how, what the world thinks about him, just look at society today. We had the video recently about Judge Roy Moore and uh, the controversy in Alabama over posting the Ten Commandments in the courthouse. That just gives you an idea of what our society thinks of Jesus. And so the world is not going to voluntarily bow to him. He's going to come in flaming fire, the Bible says, taking vengeance on them that know not God. And he's going to take the kingdoms of this world by force. When he fights the battle of Armageddon with a sword that proceeds out of his mouth with his own word, and uh, he... Uh, there talks about he's coming to Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. And Jesus Christ will rule with a rod of iron. He will rule with absolute power. And it will be a theocracy. We have a democracy. A democracy is, uh, uh, is, talks about the rights of the people and, and is a people rule. It is not the best government there is, but it's probably the best there is, I guess, in the world today. But the ideal government is a theocracy, which is a God rule. And one day we will have that in the millennial reign of Christ. Now let's talk about this reign, if, if I may, tonight. We have, first of all, it will be a peaceful reign. Now he says after the battle bow is cut off, he shall speak peace unto the heathen. He will reign in peace. And there will be a thousand years of peace. And the Bible says until Jesus comes, there will be war and rumors of war. They said the United Nations would bring peace to the world. You know, there's never been a 24-hour day since the United Nations was formed that there hadn't been war somewhere in the world. They have failed to accomplish their mission. In Micah 4, verse 3 and 4, and I am told that this is in the cornerstone of the United Nations building. It says, And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into printed hooks, and nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall... Sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. During that time, you can leave your door open. During that time, you don't have to worry about somebody stealing something. This will be a time when people will live at peace with one another in the world. You know why a man cannot live at peace? 
the cause of sin in his heart and in his life. You take even churches have conflict, don't they? Even people that are saved and are at least supposed to be saved. Many times there's conflict. But there will come a day when peace will come to the world. And when Jesus Christ reigns, there will be a thousand years of peace. There will be a peaceful reign. He will accomplish that that no other president, no other king, no other prime minister, no other world leader has ever been able to accomplish. He will bring peace to the world. Now the Antichrist is going to bring a false peace and he's going to deceive the world, the nations, into thinking that he's really God, but he won't be God. He'll be a false messiah. And the real Jesus will bring peace. I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11 and uh, verse, uh, verse number 6. He talks about the peacefulness of this reign. Even the animals will be at peace with one another. You know, uh, animals did not prey on one another till man sinned, and the sin affected the whole creation. But in uh, Isaiah 11, verse 6, <clears throat> page 723, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf, and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and bear shall feed. The young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Well, that's going to be someday, isn't it? Now, nobody would take their little child and, and put that child together with a wolf and a leopard and a lion? Not at all, because that child will be in grave danger. But the Bible said a child can play with a lion uh, in that day. I want to tell you, it's going to be a peaceful reign. Isaiah 65, 25, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and there shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy, and all my holy mountain saith the Lord. A time of peace. This will be a reign of peace. Then not only that, but second of all, it will be a perfect, a perfect reign. Isaiah 32, 1, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. Isaiah 65, 20, There shall be no more thence, an infant of days, nor no man that hath not filled his days. And uh, people will live to be a thousand year old. Now we'll go into the millennial kingdom in a glorified body. And the Jewish nation and those that are saved of the Gentiles in the tribulation will go into the millennial kingdom, those that live through the tribulation in a physical body. They will marry and have children and, and cultivate the land. Uh, and people will live, those that are saved, will live thousand years. They will live throughout that kingdom age to enter into the eternal age. And the Bible talks about the sinner of being a hundred. It talks about, a, they, you say, what about children that are born in the millennium? 
They will, be, they will need to be saved just like people now. And those that don't get saved evidently will, will die at 100 years of age if they don't come to know the Savior. But he says there'll be no more an infinite days, no old man that not filled his days, no more crib deaths, no more old age, no more people not filling their, filling their days. That's going to be a perfect, you know why? Perfect rain because it will be a righteous rain. In verse number 8, he says of, of chapter 8 here of Zechariah, And I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. You know, if you don't like righteousness, you want, you want to enjoy the millennium. And there's people, they love their sin, and, and they love to live in sin. And, uh, you know, they're not, going to, they're not going to have to worry about the millennium. They're not going to be there. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to have a, I'd like to, I'd like to live in a world. I like that song the choir sing, If I Knew of a Land, one of my favorite. And uh, uh, I'd, if I knew of a land like heaven, I'd load up and move today. And the Apostle Paul, after he got us, uh, got beheld it, he, he said, I have a desire to depart. He said, I, I want to go. I don't want to stay here any longer. Only reason I'm staying is for you and for the ministry. But uh, uh, the, one of these days, this world is going to become a fit place for a child of God. Uh, you know, you don't fit in. I told you about Everett Sullivan, whose church some years ago, his church was padlocked. He spoke in this church. And uh, when, he was, when they, they had the trial uh, before the judge, the uh, one, of the, one of the attorneys, the reason they, I believe it was the attorney, district attorney, said, uh, said uh, the reason we're not going to allow you to have your Christian school is, is because in the 20th century we will, we will be entering a new age and your children will not fit in if they attend this kind of school. His answer was, he said, I believe, I believe in the 20th century, he said, I believe uh, that Jesus Christ will be reigning over this earth and said, sir, you won't fit in. <laughs> well, uh, I believe he is coming. I believe he is going to reign. And, uh, uh, and this, the ungodly, they, they're not going to, well, you may not fit in now, but they're not going to fit in then. Because it's going to be a righteous reign. It's going to be a perfect reign. Now, what's going to make this possible? Turn to Revelation chapter 20. Book of Revelation chapter 20. Page 1349, last book in the Bible, Revelation 20, and uh, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Cast him of the bottomless pit and shut him up and set his seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. Well... The devil's not in hell, but one day he's going to go to hell where he belongs and he's going to be there a thousand years only to be cast into the lake of fire. But uh, uh, here we have the chaining of Satan and he'll be bound for a thousand years. You say, what kind of chain is that? I don't know what kind of chain it is, but I'll tell you it's going to hold the rascal uh, for a thousand years. And uh, he's not bound now. 
he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And always remember the, the statement the, uh, uh, the uh, color lady and some liberal preacher told her, you know, says why she's talking about said the devil gives me a hard time. And, and uh, uh, he said, oh, my dear lady, said, don't you know that the devil is bound with a chain? She said, if he bound, he showed who had a mighty long chain. <laughs> well, uh, she had a lot of truth in that statement. He's, he's not bound yet, but he's going to be. And it's going to be a perfect, a perfect ring. Uh, we, you know, the, the sin and the sorrow and the trouble that we have in the world today, we can blame on him, and rightly so. He deserves the blame. One of these days, it's going to be a righteous rain, a perfect rain. Then not only that, but the Bible teaches it's going to be a perfect rain. A, a pro, not a perfect rain, but a prosperous. I already mentioned that. Thirdly, a prosperous rain. Look at chapter 8 and verse number 12 and 13 of Zechariah. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. It shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Now here the Lord talks about a time of prosperity, a time when the earth would produce. Now I realize that Israel is, you know, it's amazing when, when they're out of the land, the curse of God's upon that land. But when the Jew is back in the land, the blessing of God's on the land. When they went back, the rain started coming. When they went back, the land started blossoming. And they're producing through irrigation and all. But the greatest prosperity is yet to come. That land is not nearly as productive as it one time was. You say, why is that? Well, you remember when they sent the spies in and they came back with a bunch of grapes on a pole, with a pole on each on two men's shoulders. And I'll tell you, I, <laughs> I'd like to sell that bunch of grapes when you have that cluster of grapes. I'd like to see that grapevine. But I'll tell you, the land was productive. And I believe in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, that land will produce again. You know, I enjoy gardening, but I tell you, it is a battle anymore to, uh, you know, you fight the bugs and, and fight the, the drought and, and, and fight everything, you know, to try, try to get a garden to grow. Seemed like it's much harder. I, I was telling, tell, I guess I told you before, until last year, I didn't have any problem with potato bugs. And the Colorado potato bug. I wish Colorado had them. Uh, Brother Hickok said he didn't have any. I told him I was going to bring him some. <laughs> but uh, they'll find you. And uh, uh, they ate my vines last year until there was nothing but the stem sticking up. And they, they ate the stem so they dried up. <laughs> and I fed them seven, and they got fat off of it. Doesn't work anymore. And so this year I tried a couple of different kinds and, and kind, of, kind of kept ahead of them somewhat, and, and, uh, but the dry weather's about to burn them up. So 
So you fight the drought and you fight the bugs and I'm looking forward to a day when there's no bugs and no disease and no drought and the, just the right amount of water, not too much water, but just enough. And you don't even have to fertilize, I don't believe. I believe it's going to be a great day. This is going to be a prosperous rain, and I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, there's nothing like fresh garden stuff, is there? Uh, you can get it in the market, and, and it's been picked for a week, and it just don't have the flavor as it does. You just go out in the garden and get it, and, and I like it. But I'll tell you, I've never, you've never eaten anything until you eat some of the millennium, millennium gardens. <laughs> it's going to be great when the curse of God is lifted and uh, we enjoy that blessed time together. Listen to what Amos 9.13 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. The Bible says the earth will be so productive that, uh, uh, that uh, they'll be reaping the crop, and here comes the plowman. Get out of the way, he said. He said, I've not harvested the crop yet. He said, well, it's time to plow again, time to put in another crop. <laughs> you know, someone, someone said the other day, they didn't understand how that, uh, how that uh, you know, back in 100 years ago, there was a lot of farmers and not a whole lot of farmers now. And, you know, how, how they grew enough food for everybody. We not only grew enough food for for ourselves, but we, we export food around the world, and, and that's, you know, even the little nation of Israel. I am told that they not only grow enough food for their own people, but they export food to Europe. And I'll tell you, you have never eaten a good orange, orange, until you eat one out from Israel. Sweetest, best tasting orange juice in the world. Uh, it's amazing what God's doing in that land, even with the curse of God upon it. But uh, the Bible is going to be, is going to be productive, and uh, it's going to be a prosperous reign. Isaiah 35, 1, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Well, uh, that, that land is even happening now, and, and of course they export the flowers, all over Europe from Israel. Beautiful flowers that are grown there. And so it's going to be a prosperous time. Uh, you may not be too prosperous here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. And when it's all said and done, the thing that counts is, is uh, what we have there. So it's going to be a prosperous reign. And then finally, it's going to be a permanent, it's going to be a permanent reign. Well, you know, we have a law in this land. A president can only serve for two terms. So in a couple of years, in a couple of years we'll be rid of Bill Clinton. <laughs> and it may get worse, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we, we, have, we have men and they serve their time and then they leave and someone else takes over and, and that happens around the world. Uh, and, uh, but I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is going to reign permanently. He says in verse number 10, His dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. And the wonderful thing about it, it's going to last. 
It's going to last forever, not just for a little while. Psalm 10, 16 said, The Lord is king forever and ever. Jeremiah 10, verse 10, But the Lord is the true God. He is a living God and an everlasting king. In Daniel 7, 14, And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. That's the best part of it. You know, it's going to last. <laughs> That's, isn't that the best part of getting saved? Is, is everlasting life. Eternal life. It don't ever end. <laughs> I can't imagine that, can you? I can't comprehend living forever. <laughs> what are you going to do forever? Some people think, well, I, of course, I used to think I went to heaven and grew wings. And wouldn't I be a funny-looking thing with wings? <laughs> and had a big, long, white robe on and rode and sat on the cloud and played a harp. Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? Well, I think we're going to be, uh, we're going to be production. I'll talk about that in just a few moments here as we close. Uh, you know, I like to close. It's kind of like the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians talks about joy. And, and Paul several times, he said, and finally, brethren. <laughs> then he goes on, preaches some more, and finally, and then he preaches some more, and, and finally. <laughs> and, uh, so in conclusion, uh, but, uh, but anyway, here it's going to be a permanent, it's going to be a permanent reign. I can't imagine living with the Lord forever. But how can you imagine being in hell forever? Do we comprehend that? I don't think we do. Was it Gandhi, I think it was, who said, if I believed in the hell of the Christians, I would crawl on my hands and knees across India on broken glass to warn my people not to go to such an awful place. He said, I do not believe in that kind of hell. Well, whether he believes it or not, there is such a hell. But we're not concerned like we ought to be, are we? How do you comprehend being in a fire that never is quenched forever and ever and ever and ever? I want to tell you something tonight. There's nothing worth going to hell for. Nothing. Nothing worth going to hell for. God help us to get the burden we ought to have and pray like we never prayed for our loved ones. Well, you know the wonderful thing apart all this, this reign of Christ. Turn to Revelation 5. Revelation 5, about the future. I love, I love what the Bible says about the future, and it says a lot about the future. And the best part I like, Scott, I get, I get to be a part of it. <laughs> That's the best part. I mean, read about streets of gold, and I'm going to get to walk on them. Read about mansions. My father's house are a many mansions. I'm going to get to live in one. Read about the tree of life. It has 12 manner fruits and has a crop every month. And the way I love fruit, <laughs> I'm going to have myself a time. It's going to be great. And uh, the water of life, Clear as crystal, you've never tasted any bottle of water or any good mountain water like that. It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to get to be a part of that, see. 
That's the best part. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Listen what Revelation 5 and verse 9 and 10 says. And he talks about these 24 elders. If you study the book of Revelation, you know that represents the church. And he says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now you think everybody's going to hell, not so. The Bible said there's somebody of every kindred and of every tongue, every language, every people, and every nation is going to be a part of it. Now their doors may be closed. They may not let any missionaries in, but I'll tell you, God has some souls that are the he is there. And he says, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Oh, you say, I thought we was going to live in heaven. The Bible says we're going to reign on the earth for a thousand years with the Lord. Then he's going to bring heaven down to earth, isn't he? He's going to, earth's going to be burned up. He's going to create a new heaven, a new earth, and bring that new Jerusalem down 1,500 miles wide, long, and high and set it down as his, the center of his kingdom. And we're going to be a part of that glorious future. That's the best part. Revelation 20, 15, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. In Revelation 21, 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burnt with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, it goes back to what I said about it's going to be a, a perfect rain. It's going to be a righteous rain. The fearful, the unbelieving, and all these will have their part in the lake of fire. And you know, if God let that outfit into heaven, you wouldn't have heaven anyway, would you? If you let them in the new Jerusalem, they'd destroy it. So the Lord's going to keep them out. And we're going to be a part of that, uh, of that glorious future that the Lord has for us. You know one of the best things about it? We could be as close as seven years. <laughs> we could be as close as seven years. You say, why do you say seven years? Well, the ra if the rapture of the church took place in the next 30 seconds, We'd get a glorified body and go up to meet the Lord in the air, face the judgment seat of Christ, and come back with him to set up his kingdom seven years later. While the tribulation, of course, is going on, we'll be there on this earth for seven years. Seven years later, we're coming back to reign with Jesus on this earth for a thousand years. So that's why I say it's at least seven years away. The rapture isn't that far, or it may be or may not be. I don't know how long it is. But uh, the, the kingdom is at least seven years away. It may not be no more, it may, you know, but it has to be at least that, that long. And so uh, I believe it's close, really. And I'm looking forward to it. Let's bow our heads, please.